On today's show, we're going to look at how to manage inventory using software. Welcome to Cracking the Code, the show that helps you overcome the challenges you face every day in contracting and keeps you on the cutting edge of emerging trends and best practices. Now, before we get started with today's show, I want to share an awesome video with you regarding our LEAD 2020 virtual conference coming up at the end of September. You know, September is always a great time to refocus, and this conference will give you the tools and the motivation to do just that. Make sure you get signed up today at LEAD2020EVENT.COM. you should always go back and revisit decisions, you also can't be afraid to move forward. All great sustainable organizations have a culture of passion, meaning, and purpose. What helps elevate us to inspire others to be at their very best? is a mirror of the leader. People do not leave jobs, they leave leaders. He told the guy, he said, when you want to succeed as bad as you want to breathe, then you'll be successful. You know, using software correctly takes discipline, and we have to create the proper habits to make it successful. If we don't do these things, it can make using software very, very difficult, and we might even quit using it simply out of frustration. Software can be so beneficial to our business, and we really need it in order to grow, so let's join Gary Ellis once again as he dives into properly using software in order to manage inventory. Hi, welcome back to EGIA Contractor University. I'm Gary Ellix. Today's topic is going to be materials management. Specifically, we're going to talk about the software packages available and how you use software and integrate a software conversation into the idea that you take your material handling and you move it to an electronic type system away from a manual system or from whatever system that we're using that isn't necessarily using software. Now, the problem with moving to software is software is quite disciplined. And the behavior patterns of a lot of the humans that we have, the techs, the installers, the people in the warehouse, etc., um, they are able to manipulate and get away with things in a particular way that work for the installation, service maintenance, commercial you know, replacement, and uh, just generally the production side of the business. So now when we move to a software package, we're spending a lot of time and money and we're going to spend a lot of energy on the idea of implementing that type of a system. And so if the disciplines are not there, what we end up with is we end up with a system that actually is worse because now the software package uh, is essentially transacting and it's uh, rigid. And so when we're not behaving well as human beings, we're not following the protocol that the company has set up, we can get into some inventory valuation changes, uh, negative uh, counts. Uh, we can find out that 
you know, people aren't knowing how to use the software system properly. They're not putting information in and managing the process and the transaction the right way, which can lead to accounting errors, deficiencies, and different things along those lines. So what I want you to do is I want you to think just a little bit ahead of time about what software, how you want to use the software, what the disciplines are, uh, and that the implementation side of this is done in a particular way. So I'd like to take you to the whiteboard and just have a little conversation about some of the options, certainly not all the options, and then we'll come back in and we'll have a little debrief inside of the learning library about what it is that we can do uh, to make the uh, process of using software and, and material handling, materials management, uh, the most effective for your business going forward. Uh, last comment before we go to the whiteboard is, you know, a, a smaller business will probably not have the resources to buy a broad-based software package, but it's easier to implement if you're a smaller company than you're a larger company because of the behavior change. Something to think about as you're growing your company. If you're a small company that's looking to grow and you're using QuickBooks or Sage or Peachtree and you're really looking at something next, the material handling side is one of those things that mostly is out here. We're looking at accounting, we're looking at sales, we're looking at technician selling processes, you know, the client facing materials, and those are very sexy. But what we know also is, is that the information system on uh, material handling and inventory is where a lot of the back-end administrative money is or where we lose dollars of profit. And so don't get enamored with the front-end client-facing sales stuff and forget about the back-end admin stuff, uh, both in terms of execution, the difficulty of doing it right, but also the idea that there's a lot of opportunity for money to flow out of a company and uh, mismanage and we end up not having the profit that we want as a business. So uh, a great business looks at the whole side of the execution, which is not only client-facing, what we sell, but then also how we actually make it flow through the business and we account for it and then we track that based on KPIs. Let's go to the whiteboard. All right, so what I've got listed over here to the left are some example software packages. So uh, Aptura is a fully integrated system that has accounting, material handling, uh, flat rate, uh, everything uh, relative to sales process, uh, pretty much everything you want. The same with Successware. Uh, Successware 21 is probably you know, the more updated version. Uh, Service Titan is certainly uh, probably the most popular and the most quickly growing version of software out in the industry. Uh, not a fully integrated system yet. They are definitely layering in modules as they grow and that business will probably be a fully integrated system in no time. Uh, QuickBooks and Sage, I would sort of draw a line underneath these and these are not, this is not the definitive list. There are plenty of other examples. And there are other examples of software here, but these are just so, sort of talking points. QuickBooks, Sage, and Peachtree are examples of application software. Uh, an integrated flat rate system like Coolfront uh, or you know, uh, Upfront Pricing or any of the different software packages that are designed for flat rate certainly are flat rate focused and designed to be able to transact with the client, the technician, and will tie into material handling. So these are example software packages. The question becomes, hey, how do I manage the inventory and the flow of what should I stock, what should I, how do I do a transaction, and how do I use a piece of material uh, that's priced accordingly and then organize that into you know, the process of getting it this process here, which is, I, I, let's just use flat rate. We're not going to talk about sales yet, but. Uh, I have an OEM part. OEM part would mean that I'm stocking that. I've identified that as a standardized truck stock item. Uh, 
So there is a list of items that we have. Now I'm going to go through the standardized truck stock with you. And uh, certainly on the site, on the EGI platform, under the best practices, under standardized truck stock, we have the Excel spreadsheet that gives you a baseline. It's not definitive. You still have to customize that to your marketplace. Are you doing heat pumps? Are you doing hydronics? Are you doing mini splits? Uh, you know, what type of products and services are you marketing? You know, so if you're a Daikin contractor, you might have some very specific parts that are related to the Daikin product that you service and sell that you need to deal with as part of your standard stock for warranty. The same may be true of Lennox and training, carry and so forth. So what you want to do is take the standardized truck stock that we have and you want to sit down and you want to customize that. But what that then does is that moves you over to this discussion here. OEM says, this is what I have on my truck. So when we circle OEM here and we're looking at software, this is essentially what we're going to load into the platform of any of these integrated software packages. We're going to need to create our part numbers up here. Now, you can drop in the manufacturer's part numbers and do it that way, but I think on the previous video, I was pretty specific and clear that I think it's in your best interest for you to do your own part numbers and then match a database of your manufacturers or vendors as distributors that you're doing business with, a primary, a secondary, and a tertiary, and match up those part numbers to your part number. So you don't change your part number. You don't change what's going on in your flat rate system in terms of OEM or what's going on in your truck stock. Because if you go with the manufacturer's part numbers, the problem occurs in this regard. They change their part number. They decide to do that. They do not communicate that to you. You order that. When you do an order replenishment system later and you do a requisition and a reorder and replenish, that number's changed. And that's going to happen on a regular basis. It's not anybody's fault. It's the nature of the business. So the problem is that's going to create chaos on your billing, your transaction process, your ability to give a purchase order and reconcile. You're going to spend a lot of time and a lot of arguments with your suppliers about the pricing. And oftentimes, they change the price as well. So that's not a slam on the suppliers. Um, it's a communication issue, and it's a breakdown, and it happens regularly. So you have to ask yourself the question, is it worth the time and energy up front to put in your own part numbering system and layer it in the software one time and deal with it? Or do you want to use the manufacturer's list, which you could immediately upload to here and here to your software? It would be faster. But then the downstream problem is later, you're going to be tackling those edits and changes on a regular basis, and the accounting and the inventory changes become a mess. Now, we've done it both ways. Back in service experts, we were using manufacturer's list, and, uh, and it was just terrible. So we learned our lesson. We went to our own part numbers. All my companies today, we use our own part numbers. When I consult, we, we will create our own part numbering system. That does take more upfront time. There's no question about it. It's a, about a year-long process to get this whole software platform and part numbering sequence system where you take your supplier's part numbers, you create a database, and cross-reference it. And the most important part about that is it's based off your standardized truck stock. This is sort of the number one thing we do right here. And then the next follow-through then is, well, you're going to have some special order parts. So here, these are my part numbers. This, I don't really care about. 
I'm going to order it whatever it is. So it's a purchase order that legitimately is going to the supplier. Doesn't matter. So if it's a train, high efficiency, variable speed, you know, fan motor, and uh, the purchase order is one, two, three, four, five, and it cost me twelve hundred bucks. I'm going to issue it based on their part number, based on my PO, and that's how my matching principle goes. So the matching principle says purchase order, quantity, price, expected to pay, terms and conditions. They send me that information back. I get that. I get a packing slip. I get a receipt that says there's an invoice attached to it. I match the purchase order with the invoice with the packing slip that I received it. And that basically says, I'm good, I pay that bill. So this is the process then that occurs inside of the software world. This is what we're looking to automate. Okay, so think about what we do now manually. We write a service ticket, train, you know, high efficiency, condenser variable speed, fan motor, great. Purchase order number, 1200 bucks. I create a flat rate price. I'm just gonna make believe for a second. That's a $2,500 repair. The, the cost of the part was $1,200. So what happens is when we get that information back, we're going to debit the $1,200 into the accounting system. That was our price cost relationship. Do we have a removal? And the answer is no, because it was a special order. If it was over here and it was generic, inventory went down. So the same could be held true over here. Let's say that this was a contactor and um, let's do a capacitor. Let's do a turbo capacitor. It's 30 bucks. So in this case, we would debit the 30 bucks. We debit the 1200. The difference here is this is on my truck. This is a purchase order. The cost structure here is different, but now the purchase order here is what we use here. The requisition is what we use to get the part back, but that's what tells us that we remove the $30 from the truck. Basically, the inventory goes down. When we get it back, we reorder it. We put it back on the truck. We replenish it. Here, none of this would happen. We would only do this. We would only do this because we have the cost, and so we would not remove it. We would not requisition it. We would not reorder it. We would not replenish it. So that's why there's two different areas here, special order versus OEM. OEM is the stuff that we have on our truck. Now, a little trick that we use in our flat rate system, obviously, I built my own. It's out on the site for you, but there's plenty of flat rate systems that work. We identify you know, in the flat rate system right there it's OEM or we identify special order, we literally have the idea that it's a special order. So could be a capacitor or a contactor that we maybe don't stock on the vehicle. It would be designated as special order. Stuff that we have in the flat rate book that we carry on the truck, it's listed as OEM. So the technician can see on the iPad, or you know if you're using an Android technology, whatever, or manual systems, if you're still using a manual book, any of these software systems would essentially designate that. They would click on that. They know it's on the truck. So critical issue, database, part numbers, how do I want to organize that? That's a decision point, one of those critical path chart issues. The second issue then becomes, what kind of process do you want for your standardized truck stock? You have to determine that. Um, you'll have to determine what you want to stock on your installation trucks, again, on the site you'll see installation standard truck stock. We don't keep a lot of stuff on our trucks. And then we're really looking at the process of how the software does the processing 
how this all flows. All three of these are very integrated systems, meaning that the iPad, the part number, the costs are loaded into the system, uh, the debits to the idea that we pulled the part off the vehicle or we pulled the part out of warehouse or a special order. It's going to hit the accounting system directly from these systems. That's what an integrated system does. It says, you build the customer, you close the ticket. That part number got removed from inventory. We got to do something with it. We got to cost it. We got to bill it. I need revenue as a credit, and I need a cost for the part as a debit. And then what we need to do is integrated systems go, we got to requisition this bad boy. We need to put it back on the truck, or it's a special order. We don't care. Then we restock or reorder it, and we put it back in the truck through the bin systems that we talked about on the first video. So listen, software is the only way to go. It's a pain to do it, OK? It's a very difficult process to get your database and your parts defined what you want to have on here. But I promise you this, it'll be some of the best work. It's like chopping wood. I mean, you're going to spend a lot of time and energy creating the initial blueprint and the planning side of it and getting your must uh, have software ideas, your need to have, and your nice to have ideas on your software package. Uh, but I'll give you a very specific example. So uh, we're using the SuccessWare platform, <coughs> and we were looking at switching. And the reason we were looking at switching is because every three years or so, we use that as a business planning item. Are we current best practice? So we went to the market and we looked. And so the client-facing part of Service Titan was very attractive to us. Very sexy, very interesting. Uh, the techs liked it. The service manager liked it. And then we started asking some questions. Because we're integrated on our databases and our standardized truck stocks with SuccessWare. But SuccessWare is a pretty rigid program. There's a lot of information that has to be uh, put in correctly. And then the outputs are also very nice. But it's discipline. And so we started looking at this. And uh, everybody was very excited about the whole front end idea of the sales process. It's, it's really good. It really is very interesting. What we didn't find was we started asking the questions, well, what about the material handling side? Do we have that up and running? And at the time that we looked at it, they did not. They have now launched that. So we'll relook at that again. But this was a great conversation for us about must-haves, need-to-haves, nice-to-haves. We have to have an inventory management system that has all of our parts, all of our databases, and all of this because we're already there. So why do I want to go to a software package that takes me backwards? So the answer would be, if I wasn't already there, I probably wouldn't have cared. And I think the answer would, we probably would have switched over to this particular package. But because we were already in all of the modules, we were in sales, we were in flat rate, we were in sales processes in terms of estimating, we were in the processes of material handling, we have all the accounting done, the receivables, the payables, all of that stuff is already done. We did not want to go backwards against this. So I like all of these packages. Software isn't like you say, well, I love one and I don't love the other one. It doesn't work that way. It's a question of what do you need you know, what are your must-haves, what are your need-to-haves, what are your nice-to-haves? So what I encourage you to do is I want you to vet your software provider, and I want you to ask some detailed questions about how this process works. How do I load the database? Does this process work seamlessly? What is the cost <coughs> associated with 
me using the iPad or me using your device. So we don't use the SuccessWare devices. We use our own iPads. Now, that, that cost me money to buy the iPad, but I like the iPad better. And uh, so the opposite is true. You could use this device. Then there's the cost associated with using the actual uh, uh, Verizon time or AT&T time, the time that it takes to actually process batch information and run across you know, the boundaries of the internet. You're going to pay those surcharges. So you want to create a budget that not only looks at this whole package, but also looks at the time that it takes to create usage. That's got to go into your cost structures, your budget, and you need to make sure that your pricing and your company adjust. But not having inventory management like this allows for uh, theft, shrinkage, lack of information on returns, and essentially when suppliers change the cost structures on you, if you're not following this protocol, there's no way that you get the information back that says, wait a minute, I'm only supposed to pay $30 for that turbo capacitor, and you charge me $35 because you changed the part number. So these are ways that we correct the supplier relationship in case there's a billing error. That's, again, the transaction process. All right, let's go back into the studio, and we'll debrief. All right, so if you take a look at this slide, there's just a couple of things here I want to reinforce. So the first issue is I want you to define what you need from your software, what you actually must have. Then I want you to put together your wants and desires. So you really ought to have a Ben Franklin list. It's what we call a T account, that T chart. You know, this is the stuff I absolutely have to have. This is the stuff that I really want. And now what we can do is we can start talking about a budget process. We can start saying that, all right, this software package does this. This software package does not do that without me paying extra money. So you begin to analyze that. Most companies choose their software package based on emotion, and I'm asking you, please do not do that. So then you look underneath of that and you ask the question, well, how do I take out the emotion? And here's how we do it. We look at our standardized truck stocks. We customize that based off of pulling off the information from the website. We literally create a system of min, max, economic order quantity. This is before we buy the software. This is a manual system. Uh, if you're already doing software, you should still then follow this protocol. We tie that to our own company part number that we talked about. We make sure we do that. So when we buy a software package or we integrate material handling, we then can say primary supplier, Johnson Supply, secondary supplier, Lennox, tertiary supplier, Daikin, great. One, two, three, four, five, you know, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14. So I've got three different part numbers, but they all correspond to my company part number. Each truck in the warehouse is tied into a warehouse function, and then we create a bin system. So we can move parts from point A to point B on the truck. All the repair parts that we use come back off the truck. We're back into that very first video. And then the invoice becomes our requisition system. We pulled something off that was OEM, or we were a special order through a purchase order system, which is down the list. And then we count that cycle count. We evaluate the inventory. Once a month, we do random cycle counts on trucks. Once a quarter, we do a full inventory count on the warehouse and all the trucks. And that squares up our inventory process. And if we follow the protocol of using software, you're going to find it's going to take you some time and energy, and it's a detailed project. I urge you to collaborate with your service manager, your warehouse manager, your technicians, get everybody involved, get them organized. And so what will happen is over time, um, they'll figure it out, and what we want to do is we want to narrow it down to the fewest amount of parts in our inventory as possible that we create those inventory turns, and we want that to be part of a software system 
when we click on the flat rate code and we install a capacitor, that OEM part is costed, goes directly to accounting. We reorder the part, we put it back into the system, it gets from the warehouse bin back onto the truck, and we're basically running a big circular uh, process. All right, so that's a complicated project. I can tell you it's taken over a year to get this done inside of my current HVAC and plumbing company. Um, previously, it's taken at least six to eight months to do this. Somewhat depends on you know, how much time you have, how much time you're willing to dedicate to it. But my opinion is that you absolutely need to be there in today's environment. You need to be electronic on your invoicing. You need to be electronic on your sales installation protocol. And all that needs to be tied to a software package that basically has your part numbers in it and is pulling out based on generic parts cost with special order being specific and that your job is to create that standardized truck stock and that uh, standardized installation truck. Again, there shouldn't be that much on an installation vehicle. So most of this is service related, plumbing related, electrical related. It's a standardized process and when you do that, you're going to refine that over time. So each quarter as we do this, we have refined it and we've gotten better at it. And pretty soon you'll look back and think, yeah, I'm not sure how we ever did it manually because the company will not grow unless you can do more calls more productively. And this is a way to get your technicians to not have to do nearly as much administrative work. And everything is just a little more accurate and it's a little more focused. And this is how you can then do more calls more productively. And frankly, then that allows you to let, let the guys get paid better as well. You're going to make more profit. Your gross profit dollars per hour are better. Awesome content from Gary as always. Now there's plenty more from him on material management such as standardized truck inventory, inventory equipment planning, warehouse practices, and much, much more. So if you're not a member, click join at the top of this page. Get a free 30-day trial. You'll get access to all of Gary's content and other videos along with full online courses and tons of other stuff. That's it for this week. Until next time, my friends, bye-bye for now.